What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, Doing well. Healthy alive. You know, got my tea again. Uh, Fantastic. You know, I don't want to talk about any riots today. I actually, I want to talk a little bit about the election because it's just like, this is the time, right? This is the time to talk about the election. And we're not supposed to be talking about any riots. We're not supposed to be talking about this stuff. But we found a whole bunch of stuff that's going on in Portland that's actually not being shown on TV, which, you know, it's, it's quite shocking. But we'll start back into that tomorrow. We're not going to talk about riot stuff today uh, or COVID stuff today. We're going to talk just presidential stuff today. So we're going to try and stick with that. Uh, hard to say that you know we might drift from that a little bit, but I, I do want to focus on the election today because we found some shocking stuff on uh, the Biden-Harris campaign. We're going to talk about that uh, later on this afternoon. But this morning, I want to talk about a couple of different things because we always try to do off-topic stuff. This morning, I want to talk about EMPs because that's a topic that's becoming more and more mainstream. And EMP attacks are something that people really don't consider. Now, what does an EMP do, right? EMP is short for electromagnetic pulse. It's similar to what you get from, say, like a nuclear detonation or or something like that, or a massive solar flare, right? EMPs. It'll knock out all electronics and pretty much, well, fry everything. Imagine if you can, imagine an EMP blast hitting a country. And it doesn't have to be something that can be detonated on the ground. Imagine if it's detonated 200 miles up. What about that? So imagine if you had a massive EMP detonation 200 miles above, say, Kansas. What's that going to do? What's that going to do to the U.S.? Or if you had a massive EMP detonation 200 miles above, I don't know, Switzerland, Germany, France, what would that do? But DHS in the U.S., they're preparing for a potential EMP attack. Now, I was talking to you about this kind of just off offline off to the side. And you said it's not mm-hmm. uncommon for them to do this. They prep for this stuff. They've been prepping for this for quite some time and and they've been doing this for a long time. But is there a way for them to properly prepare for this? That's the question. And and what are yes. the potential fallouts of, of this kind of stuff? So I, I want to say we talked about this before last year. I think we uh, did. I, we did talk yeah. about it just very briefly, but I can't quite recall. We, yeah. we talk about so much stuff on here. But Right, right. Uh, so basically, um, one of the ways that you can do it is by shielding the electronics themselves, right? So you can, you know, thick metals or or other materials that basically block or resist magnetic um, magnetic fields. Uh, essentially, that they'll they'll absorb the brunt of it. Basically, what's happening is there's the magnetic field is causing a pulse in the wiring, and it causes a electrical surge, right? It generates electricity. It's kind of like um, Kind of like if you were to take a uh, wrap a, a wire around uh, like a nail or something, you know, you can turn that into a magnet. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's from the the whole. Well, technically, you can make that, and if you send a strong enough electrical pulse through there, you can actually create a a small scale uh, EMP. But very similar to this, and you could actually fry electronics with it. They they've played with that idea for remote control cars, uh, you know, disabling people's vehicles and whatnot in a car chase. Um, law enforcement. But anyway, basically what, what what the problem with this is, they were to detonate it. What would happen is, is we have 
power cables, right? And if the power cable is above ground, or even, even the power substations are above ground, the pulse will hit those. It'll cause an electrical surge that will go down the power line and anything and everything connected to it is essentially fried. Unless you have the proper, you know, uh, like Faraday cage or, or anything that's grounded to absorb that. Well, you know, the, it'll it'll resist it. Vehicles, more or less, your vehicle will probably be fine as long as it's not near one of the power uh, power line or, or an antenna of some kind. It doesn't have to be an actual antenna. But if they were to detonate one over Kansas 200 miles up, that would essentially the entire U.S. would be out of power, more or less. Uh, the majority of the U.S. would be out. And that be we're, problem, we're talking. No, no. Um, I mean, we're talking a year, two years. Uh, before all the power is back, because you're you're talking, you would have to replace you would have to replace all power generators. I mean, anything with any kind of copper wiring, gold wire, whatever, any, any kind of electrical wiring in there, all of it's fried, all of it's burned out. So you'll have to replace everything. I mean, you're talking the wiring in your house, all the 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 electrical cable outside, any kind of electronics and everything. It, it could completely destroy unless your bank is is um, shielded against that kind of thing, you know, you, you could lose all your money, you know, especially this, if it's just digital and it's not, you don't have hard cash. So you're, you're, you're talking economies would crash. Uh, essentially you could be a billionaire and then overnight you're, you know, worthless uh, as far as hard currency. So it, it's a very real concern. Um, we've known about this idea for years and we've gone through methods to, to shield ourselves uh, against it. So I don't know. I mean, the average person isn't shielded from this, but, you know, as far as companies and government agencies, they're they're working on shielding themselves. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at this uh, this map that they put out there. And I don't know if you can see this in the uh, uh, in, in the thing that we're looking at, the graph. And it shows actually the def or the detonation, excuse me, the EMP burst at 30, 120 and 300 mile altitudes. So if you were to just put this in perspective, OK, if you had a burst at does that look like it's around Kansas to you or maybe Nebraska somewhere along in there? Not actually or is that more south? The... Is that more South Dakota? Yeah. Are you talking about the one that the. It's the EMP from like blast a radius. satellite view. Yeah. Yeah. It looks more like Nebraska or something. Okay. So Somewhere. if you're to have this, right, just, just to put this into perspective. Okay. So at 30 miles up, okay, you're looking at a 480 mile blast radius. Okay. So that's enough to reach over to maybe, I want to say Indianapolis or the mid Ohio Valley. Okay. Somewhere along in there. If you're to do it at... 120 miles up. Now, mind you, this is a detonation over, say, like Nebraska or something in the middle of the country, in the heart of the country. You're looking at a 1000 mile blast radius. That's enough to get you all the way down to the panhandle of Florida. And happily, that would take out everything pretty much. Well, that's that's pretty much the um, everything south of you. Right. That would take everything down uh, down to the southern Texas border, uh, the border with Mexico. Now, if you were to do this 300 miles up, then you're looking at a blast radius of 1,470 miles. And that would put it almost down to uh, Havana, Cuba. Okay. That's how, that's how far of a reach was. And it would knock out all of Canada and all of Mexico along with it. An EMP blast 300 miles up would knock out the entire North American continent. Think about that. Just think about that. Keep in mind, this is this blast would also hit satellites and everything as well. The 300 miles up, the space station is at 200 and what, 260 miles, I believe, mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's right around so, that range. Yeah, yeah. So you would have satellites uh, within within that range. Starlink is uh, uh, closer than that. 
Uh, so I think it's you know, only you're, about you're looking at a lot of things. I yeah, uh, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So I mean, that would that would hit a lot of communication satellites as well as I mean, when when you're bursting stuff in space, uh, nuclear explosions tend to propagate faster and further in space. There's no air resistance or any of the you know gravitations that that you would experience at, on Earth. So, yeah, I mean, the, the damage you could do in space is much greater. Plus, you're also leaving a radiation cloud in, in space as well. So it's uh, doing something like this is stupid, right, in the long term, as far as the human race is concerned. But uh, you don't you don't have to have a necessarily powerful nuke. If it was to hit the ground, you know, it's not going to be nearly as destructive or powerful. But uh, yeah. Says here that the DHS is partnering with federal agencies at the state, local, tribal, and ter- territorial entities and the private sector to field test a more resilient critical infrastructure. Uh, there are a number of which you know something in a way this this would get people off the phones and off of Netflix, wouldn't it? I mean, yes, but it would also result in a lot of million millions of people dying because well, of well, there is lack that. of medical attention and food. Well, I, and, I argue. Well, that's true, yeah. but I argue. Well, I tell you what, I don't put it past these crazy people that want to drag us back a thousand years. Do you? I, I seriously, I don't put it past them. If you look at some of this, uh, the stuff that we're talking about with all this nonsense about this, uh, th- this man-made climate change stuff, and we got to stop all this nonsense, this is this extinction rebellion. They would love something like this, wouldn't they? I mean, the extremists would, sure, uh, but uh, you got to keep in mind this is, and when I mean extremists, I'm meaning the people that are like, well, yeah, we have to depopulate the earth and all that kind of stuff because this would, this, this would, this would depopulate the earth rather quickly. I mean. If you were to do this to the U.S., you would cause the the Western world in general, like their economies, to collapse. Other countries are going to suffer. Um, that we we do business with, like manufacturing, travel. You're you're also going to see, uh, you know, the the immediate effects. You're going to have things like you're not going to have refrigeration. You're not going to have um, like your air conditioner or heating. So depending on the time of year that they do this. You're going to have a lot of people dying of cold or dying of heat. You're going to have a lot of people starving because they, you know, the big cities, you're, you're not going to have food supplies. And it's just, it, it's going to be pretty gone. bad. Mass farming is gone. Yeah. It, mass agriculture is well, gone because it's going to fry all the, uh, the heavy machinery. Maybe. Uh, I know around here, a lot of, a lot of the um, like barns and stuff are large metal hangers and the hanger itself would absorb the, the shockwave from it. So, Theoretically, they would be fine unless they were out in the field at the time. But even then, it's kind of a, shall we say, it's almost like a, a coin flip if your vehicle is going to be hit by it. Because these are mm-hmm. these are radio waves, essentially, or, or uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're larger wavelengths. So I, I, I want to say it was like 20 feet is the, the wavelength, you know, between each uh, crest. Or, 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 I'm forgetting the wow. terms here. That's a very, so pretty wide. It, it's, it's big, right? I mean, so... You could have your vehicle completely missed by an EMP. The problem is, is it, it gets reflected and absorbed by other materials, such as like if you had the power lines, they would just they would act like an antenna. They would they would catch it and spread it even further. Right. So it's I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a coin flip when it comes to, to that kind of thing. But nonetheless, it would be devastating to really civilization in general. I mean, if you want, if you want the, you know, the Chinese to rule the world, that's how they would do it. That'd be an easy way to do it. Yeah. 
And one of the things that they're uh, referencing here in this report we're looking at it says they recently quoted uh, Peter Vincent Pry. He was an ex-chief of staff to the Congressional EMP Commission, and he wrote an op-ed piece that said the virus pandemic from China has exposed the dangerous weaknesses in U.S. planning and preparation for civil defense protection and recovery, which, Bruce, you've made several references to that. Uh, and those weaknesses surely have been noticed by our potential enemies, most notably China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, and other international terrorist organizations. Pry warned that China has been planning to defeat the U.S. with an EMP and a cyber Pearl Harbor attack for a quarter of a century. So mm-hmm. that's not surprising. That, that's not surprising at all to hear you say that China's looking to uh, do some damage to us like that. It's not surprising at all. Yeah, it, it's I mean, it, it's really concerning when it when you look at it that way. And the other thing that the pandemics pointed out, there's a lot of operatives they have here in the in the uh, country, you know, with the with the digging, digging we've seen with the, um, you know, candidates, uh, shall we say that we're going to talk about here later this afternoon. That's really concerning as well. Um, I'm, I'm really I wonder how much the, they're hampering things. You know, how much are they involved in, in doing stuff? Uh, how How much? We know we know the answer. I'm being rhetorical, by the way. You look at how many governors mm-hmm. are shutting down and not allowing our economy to go back back to full steam. You know, Pelosi, I'm looking at you as well. Uh, but she was just getting her hair done. Nothing major. I mean, that's, that's yeah, all she yeah, of, of course. And, yeah. and really, I mean, and, if you think and, about it, Bruce, it wasn't even her fault. It was a setup. It, it was a setup. Right. Right. If mm-hmm. anything, she is owed an apology from the salon owner because she went there in good faith. I, I'm curious. Is she going to is she going to fire the aide that called in to set up the appointment for her? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Well, now, see, the, the aide was misled, too. Right. She was misled. She took the advice on good faith as well. So I mean, are you sure? Because I, I, it sounds like the, the it sounds like the aide was in with the the hair salon. I mean, it, it well, sounds like they okay, were working right. together. Yes, that could be. That could be. And then, she, I mean, you, you know, she could just. You just fire her to set an example, say, oh, I've gotten rid of that assistant that set me up like that. Yeah, OK, I see what you're saying. Anyway. OK, so I couldn't believe this when I saw it. Scientists say that the moon is rusting. Did you look at this? Did you actually see this? They say that the moon is rusting and scientists think that it might be a result of water that's been discovered on the moon. I, I thought we established that there is no water up there, didn't we? No, there there is water. It's frozen. Uh, I believe is it's it under the, core, the surface. It, I mean, it, it's it's under the surface. It may not it may not be like that deep in. There is water there. The problem is though, just because you have water doesn't mean that hematite will oxidize or, or the you know the iron. Basically, what happens is it's the water and oxygen. You you really need the oxygen for it to oxidize, right? That, that's part of the the whole process, chemical process. There is no oxygen on the moon. The moon is in fact void of an atmosphere altogether. So the fact that <laughs> iron is oxidizing that's, on yeah, on the moon that's very perplexing. That is fascinating because there's nothing there. And you know something? I it's it's really interesting because I, I've been watching because they talk a little bit about Mars here too, and they say that Mars has massive lava tubes. Do, do we know that for sure? Is that is that confirmed? Do we know that for sure? I I believe so. I, I think that is a. I mean. If, if there's any kind of activity, you know, like um, tectonic activity, th- there will be lava tubes and lava and whatnot. OK, so is this does this kind of go along with what Musk wants to do? Musk wants to establish the colony. He wants the Mars colony. He wants to have 
a refueling depot there as well, because obviously it's a one way trip. That's why he said the first people that go there are going to die. Not they're going to die a horrible death, but it's that they're not going to make it back because there's not going. It's a one way trip. There's not going to be any way for for them to get you back to Earth because you will have exhausted all the fuel by getting there and landing. There's no way back. So what's his plan to develop fuel up there? Do you know? Does it have something to do with this? I mean, basically, they need an oxidizer. That's the main thing they need. And if they have an oxidizer, so let's say they find water there. Well, you could use hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah, there you go. Just split it. Do a little bit of electrolysis there. Cause the hydrogen and oxygen to break off. You've got your catalyst, oxygen, and then you got your propellant, Mm. hydrogen, which I believe that is hydrazine. But uh, anyway... Uh, you, you, you could make a rocket fuel using those two ingredients there and at least have enough propulsion to get you off of Mars and uh, propelled back towards Earth. So that that is a very, re- now, you know, that's kind of what they're looking at. And I would assume you could do the same thing on the moon if it has if it has water there, you know, or ice, whatever. Yeah, it um, says here that yeah. uh, although the oxidizing process has been speculated to operate on the lunar surface and form ferric iron bearing minerals, unambiguous detections of ferric minerals forming under highly reducing conditions on the moon have remained elusive. Our analysis of the moon mineralogy mapper data show that hematite, a ferric mineral, is present at high latitudes on the moon, mostly associated with the east and equator facing sides of the topographic highs and is more prevalent on the near side than the far side. Rust, which is also known as iron oxide, gives Mars its reddish color. Correct. So there is an oxidizing factor up there. And, you know, I've been watching that. Um, they have the, uh, the the rover that streams like stuff on YouTube now. Have you seen that? I haven't looked at it, but I know of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Mars countdown. Uh, there's there's a Mars countdown clock by NASA and SpaceX, and they're taking the feeds from the current rover that's up there uh, and, and showing that. And fascinating place. Fascinating place. Desolate is all hell, but it's really quite something. But that new rover is going to get there. And I think it was I, I saw it last night. I think it was like 166 days. I think that's what the timeline is. So. Uh, that that's really going to be something uh, to see that, which uh, are we going to be like, I'm assuming that we're actually going to be able to see it this time. We're going to have live streams of it and, and we're going to be able to watch all that stuff going on. Yeah, possibly. If if one of the other rovers are within range to see it, then yeah. But otherwise, it would probably be from the the uh, launch craft, you know, the, the satellite that's going to be orbiting the orbiter. Interesting. All right. So last topic this morning, uh, let's talk about uh, the NFL. Right now, I know you're not a sports fan and quite frankly, mm-hmm. neither am I anymore. But this is an interesting topic because, as we know, now we almost have to be sports fans because we were political before and they've made sports political. Right. So we kind of have to give some commentary on it now. Yeah. The NFL. Now I don't know who did it. I can't remember the name of the person that did it, but someone recommended Colin Kaepernick for the NFL Hall of Fame. What do we think about that? What, what do we think about that? A guy that started all this. A guy that started all this uh, this SJW crap and getting the uh, the politics in the in the sport and and all that stuff and taking a knee and being an ungrateful whatever he is activist or something for everything. A guy makes hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, he makes more now than when he did when he was playing, and he's going to sit there and, and trash on uh, on the country that's giving him everything he's got, uh, like a lot of these other sports stars do. And it's quite it, it's despicable to be honest, but nonetheless. Someone's recommended him to be put into the NFL Hall of Fame. And do you remember the comment that was put or excuse me, do you remember the question that was put by TMZ Sports to Brett Favre a couple of months ago? You remember that? 
They were trying to compare Colin Kaepernick to like Muhammad Ali and all that stuff. And Favre was just like, what, 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 what the hell are you asking me? You know? Mm-hmm. And I heard an interesting scenario that was put together. I heard it last night. What do you think that they're going to do? Because you have to be to get into the NFL Hall of Fame. You've got to be out of, or excuse me, to be considered to get into the NFL Hall of Fame. You've got to be out of the league for a period of five years. Kaepernick's been out of the NFL for four years. So he's been recommended that would put him at five years at the time of what's it called? Induction uh, into the Hall of Fame. Same thing with a coach. Five years, you have to be out. Then you can be inducted into the Hall of Fame if you're accepted. Now, here's the question. Do they put him in? Because here's here's what I heard. Here's what I heard. They're going to somehow create a separate wing of the Hall of Fame to revolve around this activism, social justice warrior, BLM nonsense that they're putting in sports. And Kaepernick's going to be the first one in as a figurehead, as a showpiece that he started that movement in the league. I mean, that that's honestly going to be the only thing they can do is make sense, make a new wing for that, because as a player, he sucked. Right. It, <laughs> he it was did. he was terrible. It, I mean, he, he had some good games. But the, the thing is, is it wasn't that he was skilled and he was doing well. It was that the coach knew how to play into into what strengths he did have and played into the strengths of the team. Right. So it wasn't mm-hmm. it was essentially he was carried more or less. So, yes, he had some good games, but it's really his team that pulled through on that one. It wasn't he was a star player. And I mean, the the other thing is, is he was benched before he started doing taking the knee thing. Right. Yeah. He was already benched because he sucked. And they had someone else, <laughs> the, the reserve I love your, I love your enthusiasm. I, I love your enthusiasm when you uh, when you put that forward. <laughs> just it, shows it just your, it, it shows your spirit I, I behind uh, behind his, his gameplay. Yeah, I don't like sports uh, as much. You know, I mean, it takes skill to get into it. But when you start pushing a narrative that this guy was amazing, he was so good. And, and then you look at his stats, the rocket arm sucked. Yeah, the rocket arm and it, the light like, feet. That's how they were describing him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he he was none of that. I mean, it's literally <laughs> an example of them trying to change history right in front of you. Uh, and so all that to say, no, he should not be inducted. No, they shouldn't create another freaking wing because you're just going to you're going to alienate even more of your populace uh, or your your consumers. And they're just not going to I mean, I know there's some out there that are going to be like, yeah, I can separate between the politics and the game because, you know, when they're out there on the field playing the game, they're not sitting there with a microphone in their face talking about BLM or, you know, whatever. But I'm not one of those people that will separate the two in the sense of it's the league that's pushing it. If it was just like a player or something that was pushing it themselves, fine. I don't have to listen to the commentary afterward, but it's the entire league that's going to be doing it. So I'm I'm just kind of. Now, I'm not going to give you guys my viewership, my, you know, the, the ad revenue you'll get from that one extra person watching. You don't need it. Well, I guess you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be voting for Kaepernick to get into the NFL Hall of Fame. Then, are you? Is, is that what you're saying? You're, you're not on board with with that. You're not going to support that. Or? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm still not. You know, I'm not 100 <laughs> percent on that deciding on that one yet. Yeah. OK. All right. We'll, we'll hold that for next year. We'll hold that for next year. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll hold that for next year. Just keep an eye on it. You know, because he might make a statement about it in the coming days. So, yeah, it's an absolute joke. I have to agree. Anyway, we're out of time this morning, so we're going to have to go. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.